Amen. You can go ahead and have a seat. Thank you, worship team. I miss playing guitar sometimes. Huh? <laughs> I think I said I was born with a guitar in my hand, which may not be a medically proven fact, but <laughs> good morning. Uh, if you are a youth, Grades 6 through 12, that's what's going on right now. Uh, if you want to head out with them, you're not too late. Uh, grades 6 through 12, youth group, they meet uh, for worship, and then they are dismissed. They go have uh, a lesson uh, upstairs with, with Matt and Julie, our, our youth directors, so we thank them for that. But uh, I, uh, for those of you who don't know me, uh, I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm the associate, I'm the worship pastor, hence all the comments about guitar, uh, associate pastor, interim pastor, slash, 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 <laughs> but it's all good. So this morning, uh, I would like to conclude our May for missions. May is coming to an end, if you can believe that. School is almost out, if not already for some of you, I hear. Summer is almost here, although you wouldn't know it from the rain outside. June is just around the corner, and we will have nice weather. Idaho Falls is known for long days. Sometimes the sun doesn't set till after 10 p.m. But good weather is no excuse to not come to church. Okay? You want to enjoy more of the good weather? Come to the 9 a.m. service. <laughs> Some people are like, that's too early. June is going to be busy too, though. I just know it. Uh, we, have, we have a lot going on. Again, you can check out the information center out in the foyer. Um, we've, we've got family camp coming, kids day camp uh, coming in June. We're going to kick off a summer movie nights. Uh, just some awesome stuff, just to name a few. But um, we don't do events just to stay busy. This isn't a social club. We do all of these things uh, for the glory of God and to bring people closer to him. That, that is what we do. So invite your friends to family camp. You don't have to have a family to come to family camp. We are a, fam a church family. So now you're part of a family. You can come to family camp. And you can invite your friends to come to family camp so they can be part of the family. Uh, let your uh, kids invite their schoolmates to the day camp. Uh, kids day camp coming up. Um, you can invite people to uh, the movie nights. May, May has been quite the busy month though too, hasn't it? No? Yeah. Just, just me? Kids, kids with ballet and piano and I have work and they have school and the dog needs to be walked and it, it can get a little overwhelming at times, doesn't it? Oh, but thank God that he is still on the throne. Never lose sight of him. We can get busy with things that are even of God, but we never want to lose sight of God in the midst of ministry, in the midst of missions, uh, in the midst of life. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Amen? 
Well, God, I just pray uh, once again, Lord, uh, we thank you for this morning, God. I just pray for each and every person in this room, Lord, and uh, watching online, God. I just pray uh, that you would speak through me, that these would be your words and not mine. Lord, help me to get out of the way. Just pray that uh, we can go from this place praising you, giving you glory, uh, and reaching people like each and every one of us. We just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, in in preparation uh, for this message, I was praying about what exactly to focus on. We had May for Missions. Uh, We put up on our our backdrop here uh, the Idaho Falls Rescue Mission logo, the Go and Grow Ministries logo, and then our Pallets of Love logo there on the backdrop. If you've missed uh, church, welcome back. And uh, you, we had um, the director of the Idaho Falls Rescue Mission here two weeks ago. We had John Langer of Go and Grow Ministries here last week. If you missed those, check them out. Uh, they were amazing messages. Uh, and you can see those on our YouTube or our Facebook pages, whatever, whatever works. But Pallets of Love, we haven't talked about for May. And it's our food ministry here. Uh, It's a very big outreach program of the Bridge Church uh, where we get truckloads of food donated. uh, And all we have to pay for is the gas to get it here. And then we offload usually around 26 pallets, give or take, depending on what it is. Um, Semi-trucks hold quite a bit. Uh, And then we just give it away. Whether that's yogurt or cereal or candy or vegetables, which isn't always popular, or water or potatoes, or we had frozen French fries, etc., 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 etc. But talking about pallets of love would be too easy. Ha <laughs> ha. Don't get me wrong, pallets of love is an awesome ministry, it's an awesome outreach. It's missions-focused. That's why it's up there. And I think most of us here know about Pallets of Love. And a lot of people in the community and the neighborhood know about Pallets of Love. Its purpose is to give away food to the hungry. And those in need in our local community and surrounding areas, no strings attached. There's no strings attached. People sometimes ask, what do I have to do? Nothing. One time someone asked me, do you need to see my driver's license? And I looked at him kind of funny and I was like, no. Come to find out, I didn't know this at the time, but come to find out there are other uh, food distribution giveaway uh, organizations in this city. They do amazing work. I'm not bashing any one of them. I am happy that they are here to help people. But one of them did require driver's licenses or does. I don't even know their policy because they're trying to make sure everybody gets some instead of people just coming through 12 times. And, and that's great. I'm glad they're, they're giving away food. But we do uh, no, no strings attached. Somebody wants to drive through twice. I've seen it before. And you know what? <laughs> they must need it. But we want to give and show people the love of Jesus through that giving. And like I said, I was praying uh, that God laid on my heart a, a little bit of a different message. So I've talked about pallets of love. Checkbox. And if you want more information, uh, palletsoflove.org uh, or follow the 
Facebook, the Bridge Church Idaho Facebook page because that's where we announce when we're having a giveaway. But May is for missions. And two weeks ago, uh, Tyler Perkins is the executive director. He was here for the, uh, to represent the Idaho Falls Rescue Mission. So he shared about their mission and what they are doing locally. They're right here in our own backyard. Uh, missions for Idaho Falls. Uh, he also spoke about Romans 8. And one of the things he said was, we don't change lives. We facilitate the atmosphere for life change. We don't change lives. We facilitate the atmosphere for life change. I love that. It, it takes the pressure off a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> we don't change people. We don't force the Holy Spirit into people. God is the one who changes lives, not us. That doesn't mean we don't play our part in sharing the love of Jesus with people. But if you've ever been evangelizing, if you've ever been sharing uh, God with a friend or a coworker or a family member, and you, you feel like it just isn't the atmosphere for change, pray to God to take over because <laughs> he can work miracles. I can't count the number of times I've counseled people in regards to evangelism because it can be a frustrating occupation that we all share. And I always remind people that the Israelites wandered in the desert for 40 years. So unless you've been working with someone that long, don't beat yourself up too much. Okay? <laughs> More than 40 years, no excuses. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tyler also said, when we hear the word of God, we should not be the same. This is reminiscent of Isaiah 55, says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve, the purpose for which I sent it. I've heard it happen a lot of times that people will hear the word of God. They hear the Bible or a story about Jesus, and they may not react to it right away. They go home, they mull it over, they can't really get it out of their heads. Uh, they toss and they turn, and they come back and they say, I'm convicted. Some of us have a negative connotation with that word, conviction. It's a good thing. It's not anything that the pastor said. It's the Holy Spirit working in them and changing, uh, showing them what they need to change. But uh, when we hear conviction, I don't know about you, I always think of like courtroom <laughs> conviction. But we as a church family always want to help those in need. And in regards to evangelism, it starts with helping them to get a relationship with Jesus first. But here at the Bridge Church... We don't want to just get them there and then hang them out to dry. We don't want to just say, here's a short prayer you need to pray. Here's a Bible with no instruction on how to read it. Uh, good luck. Now get out. 
No, we do not do that here. Continuing with our May for Missions, John Langer of Go and Grow Ministries, he spoke last week. And he spoke about how he is training up uh, and raising up pastors. Why? Why not just feed and clothe the hungry and call that good? He said this himself, because in raising up leaders and pastors, he is multiplying exponentially. Those pastors are reaching hundreds more than you or I or John could ever reach. He showed a picture of his board of six pastors, and I've actually gotten to talk with one of them on the phone. Technology is great when it works, right? (laughs) The pastor our church, the Bridge Church, supports financially, specifically. Uh, His name is also John, and uh, he... Talking to him on the phone, he is just so thankful. And he is reaching people. Just like our mission statement says. Reaching people like you. In Kenya. (laughs) John Langer also spoke about how God can use anyone to do the impossible. God's work, his mission, Jesus commanded, what Jesus commanded us to do, is impossible. Matthew 28 is the the great commission. Jesus came to them and he said, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus, all nations? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You want us to baptize them too? And teaching them to obey Obey? Jesus, really obey? Obey everything. Everything? Everything? Like, how about just most? No, everything. I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Thank you, Jesus, for that promise. (laughs) But leave that scripture up. Make disciples of all nations. All nations? Jesus, are you crazy? (laughs) You want us to baptize all of them too? What if we run out of water? We won't run out of water. That Don't worry. Like I said, baptisms next Sunday, 9 and 11 o'clock services if you want to get baptized. Uh, and teach them to obey. Obey everything. Everything you commanded. Anyone ever find themselves in a situation where you had to get someone to do something they didn't want to do? It's not easy. I have three kids, so this is kind of a daily occurrence. I have to get them to do something that they don't want to do. Whether that's eating breakfast, putting their shoes on, they get distracted by a book. It's a daily occurrence. And then there's baptism. People making a public declaration of their faith. Are there any introverts in here? Yes, some of them won't even raise their hand, right? (laughs) It takes faith to get up in front of people, even your church family, and say, I want to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. That's, I mean, that's putting a target on your back. How about making disciples of all nations? Let's just start with making disciples, right? Ever since 
Ever since I was first on fire for God, I have been trying to talk to anybody who will listen about Jesus to convince them that they need Jesus in their life. And I have failed more times than I have succeeded. But that's just in my own backyard. How am I, how just me, just me talking here for a minute, how am I, just Daniel, supposed to reach nations, to reach the world? We always joke that with the internet uh, and social media and FaceTime and Zoom calls and telephones, that the world has become a lot smaller than it used to be. And while that may be true, sometimes uh, somewhere like Kenya still feels light years away, even if I can pick up a phone and talk to Pastor John. It's impossible all of it. But Galatians 6, this is one of my life verses. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at a proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Amen. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Like I said, I've failed more times than I've succeeded. And that's depressing to my flesh. But we can't give up. It bums me out sometimes, even, uh, sharing the gospel and people not, not accepting it. It feels like, uh, sometimes it feels like they're rejecting me. And I take that personally sometimes. It's hard, right? Just being real for a minute, guys. <laughs> it is not easy. Rejection hurts. But I have to remember that it's not about me. And we can't give up. We can't reap what we don't sow. Have you ever not planted a seed and hoped for, I don't know, strawberries or something? Have you ever not planted anything and you thought, I hope a peach tree go grows there? That would be really cool. It'd take a miracle, but it's not, <laughs> it's not gonna happen. You can't reap what you don't sow. That means you can't get fruit without planting a seed. So if missions is about evangelism, and evangelism is, you know, preaching the gospel, sharing about Jesus, sharing about his love and his grace and his mercy, seeking out the lost and giving them hope, creating an atmosphere for life change. How can we as individuals do that? In Ephesians chapter 5, it says, follow God's example. That's good advice. <laughs> Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Mm. They truly will know we are Christians by our love. As that old Sunday school song goes, huh? We aren't going to be given even an opportunity to share the love of God with people if we talk, act, think, or believe as the world does. 
The world swears, drinks, sleeps around, cheats on their spouse, and doesn't even bat an eye. We need to strive to be above sin. We aren't going to be perfect. Not until we get to heaven. But our witness starts now. The highest compliment a Christian can get from a non-believer is for them to tell you that there's something different about you. It's, it really is the highest compliment you can get. Because then you get to tell them why. <laughs> it's not because I'm perfect. I'm not. But it's because I have a joy. Everybody say joy. joy. It's because I have a joy in my life that I didn't have before the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ was introduced to me. And now I want to give it to you. If you'll accept it. Romans 5, it says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. That's me. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We want everyone to come to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Not just the wealthy, not just the elite, not just the poor. Everyone. Little story. A businessman ordered flowers to be sent to the opening of a friend's new branch office. And when the businessman got there, he was shocked to see that the flowers with the inscription, Rest in Peace. He was outraged, and he stopped at the florist to complain. Could be worse, the florist said. Just think, today someone was buried beneath a floral arrangement with the inscription, Congratulations on your new location. (laughs) I want that at my funeral, huh? Congratulations on your new location. That's good, isn't it? If I go first and tell my wife, put that up. (laughs) We want everyone to come to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ so that we can say congratulations on your new location. Funerals are sad. I I don't mean any disrespect to anyone who has lost a loved one. But I will say that when a born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ passes on to heaven, they get to be in the arms of Jesus. They're in the presence of the Almighty And sin and death pass away. There's no more weeping. There's no more crying. There's no more pain. There's a part of that funeral that should be a celebration. Amen? Congratulations on your new location. I'm a little jealous. (laughs) My wife's grandpa passed away, and this last January, we we flew uh, back to Oregon to go to his funeral. And it was sad, uh, but it was also joyous. Because Grandpa Art was no longer in pain. And he'd been in pain for a long time. He no longer cries. The Bible says there will be no more tears. No mourning, no weeping, no crying. That's something to celebrate. That's something to be joyful about. And we should want that for every person we encounter. 
friends, enemies, co-workers, family members, the guy who cuts you off in traffic and flips you the middle finger. Jesus told us to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Do you do that? Do you pray for your enemies and pray for those who persecute you? I'm human. I don't, I don't always have the reaction of grace. <laughs> there, was a, there was a pastor's wife who was like that. This, <clears throat> the businessman's story was, was made up. This is an actual real person that I know. Uh, this pastor... Uh, admitted he didn't always function in grace, that, that our flesh can get the best of us. And hey, no judgment for me. I'm right there with him, okay? No judgment. But his wife, God bless her, was the exact opposite. The pastor said that one time while he was driving, someone sped around them in a residential over a double yellow line and then ran a stop sign. And he thought, what does he think he's doing? Doesn't he know he could get someone killed? He needs to learn how to drive, right? That's my reaction. And his wife, sitting next to him, had the opposite reaction. She said, I hope everyone is okay. The pastor, he was confused by his wife's comment. She elaborated, maybe they're on their way to the hospital or a family member is dying. Talk about giving the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> do we give grace or do we give judgment? I want to give grace the way that pastor's wife does. I want to give grace the way Jesus does. I want to give grace the way I received it. I received grace completely. Absolutely. Grace without judgment or without condemnation how quick we can be to pass judgment on others, especially our own. There's a therapist that told me that we are actually the most harsh with the people who are closest to us. Typically, that's family. We're the harshest with the people who are closest to us. We as born-again believers can pass judgment on other believers, because they're the ones closest to us. But God calls us to love one another as Christ loved us. How quickly we can forget grace. Lord, forgive us. We need to remember our first love, Jesus Christ, and we cannot do his work without him and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to take a moment right now to pray for that forgiveness because I've messed up, we've all messed up. So God, I just pray right now that you would forgive us. Lord, we know you do, but we ask for it anyway. God, forgive us of our judgment that we've passed. Help us to be more gracious and give grace, especially to those who are closest to us, God. Thank you, Jesus, for your forgiveness. Amen. Amen. One thing I loved about Tyler and John both uh, speaking about missions uh, is that they both admitted that they are just normal men. They both spoke to the fact that it is God who empowers them to do what they are doing and that apart from him, they could never accomplish their missions.
Anyone ever have a word from God or a command from God to go do something, and when you go and do it, you don't pray first? You don't invite the Holy Spirit to help you? You just go for it on your own. How did that go? I've made that mistake. I have tried to do things on my own before. I was thinking, I will show you how good I am, God. When I was a young Christian, I was a little bit cocky. And I remember telling God one time he wanted me to go talk to somebody. I was like, I got this, God. I will do your work for you. Woe is right. <laughs> I will do your work for you. If you've never been humbled by the Lord, that's how you become humble. When it comes to missions, evangelism, sharing the gospel, inviting people to start a relationship with Jesus Christ, do we stop and pray first? Do we invite the Holy Spirit to come down into our midst, into our situation, and give us the power to be witnesses for him? We should. We should. Some of you are sitting in the sanctuary thinking, I could never do that. I could never step out in boldness and faith to share the gospel, the mercy and the grace of Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you this morning that yes, you can. But only by the power of the Holy Spirit. Kind of takes the pressure off a little bit, doesn't it? Because if you profess to be a born-again believer and have accepted Jesus Christ into your life, but you don't really know what I'm talking about. You've never experienced the Holy Spirit. Because I tell you, one of the first times I ever started sharing the gospel was with a friend of mine. It was a prompting of the Holy Spirit. They, if the Holy Spirit was telling me, you need to go talk to her, you need to go talk to her, you need to tell her about me. And I was frightened, <laughs> scared. I'd only been a born-again believer for maybe a year. I don't remember exactly. But that, but man, the Holy Spirit coming down like that gives you the power and takes away the fear and gives you that peace. And if you've never experienced that, come, come up and talk to me afterwards. Come talk to the prayer team. We would love to pray with you. It's not anything weird. We just want you to, we want to pray for the Holy Spirit to come into your life the way Jesus said the Holy Spirit would come. To give you power. Right before Jesus goes up to heaven, he says to wait for the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit would give them power to be witnesses. Everybody say witnesses. You are all witnesses. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive what? What? Power. You'll receive what? Power. power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Even if you're shy, even if you're loud, <laughs> even if you're introverted or you're extroverted, it doesn't matter. Even if you lack confidence or boldness, the Holy Spirit can give you the power to be witnesses to what Jesus has done. 
for you and for me. I don't know about you, but that's encouraging to me. Takes a little bit of the pressure off, doesn't it? That if I invite the Holy Spirit in on evangelism and missions, if I invite the Holy Spirit to help me share the gospel, that he is going to make up for my lack of ability and more. Amen? Let's just take a moment right now. I just pray, God, we just ask that the Holy Spirit would come. Fill this place, Lord. God, I just pray that the Holy Spirit would come upon each and every one of us, that it would give us the power to be witnesses. God, that the Holy Spirit would give boldness and confidence, calmness and peace, God, that we can be your witnesses because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you for that, God. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Again, if you've never experienced that, if you've never experienced the Holy Spirit, you know, and you want prayer for that, we are here for you. We will stay after church and pray for everyone who needs prayer. <laughs> for anything. It doesn't have to be about the Holy Spirit. You have a need, you want prayer, come up afterwards. You have a praise report you want to share, come up afterwards and, and share with, with me or with the prayer team. But we want to be here uh, as long as it takes. We can eat later. I don't need lunch. <laughs> we'll eat later. But that power, that boldness, it's not something we wield for our own gain. When the Holy Spirit is helping us to give the courage to be a witness, I personally don't really feel like well, now I can take on the armies of hell. Although with the Holy Spirit, I'm sure he could do that for me. <laughs> what he does for me is he gives me a calmness. I think it depends on the person. I think if you're maybe a little extroverted and a little too loud, he calms us down. <laughs> and if you're a little introverted and maybe a little shy, he builds you up. I know a lot of you might think, but you're a pastor and you speak in front of people and you sing in front of people and, uh, you know, there's all the time. There's nothing that can make you nervous. That's not true. Yes, I'm not nervous right now. This is comfortable to me. I, <laughs> I don't mind it. But there are times when I have been nervous and scared. The power of the Holy Spirit erases that fear gives you peace in the most difficult of situations. I remember uh, one time for our evangelism lessons in college, they took us down to Los Angeles. We checked out several different churches. Some were in pretty unique areas, were unique churches to reach unique people. And uh, we also checked out the Dream Center there. But one day, they had us walk through Skid Row. Is anyone familiar with Skid Row in, in East L.A.? A couple of you. If you've, uh, it's not like Idaho Falls, okay? Skid Row is, is a little different. Uh, it's literally dangerous to go into. You can get mugged, you can get stabbed, uh, or worse. Uh, unless God is calling you 
to go into a place like Skid Row, um, again, that power of the Holy Spirit, he's going to protect you. I would say don't go in unless he's calling you to do that because it could very well be a death sentence. Uh, especially at night, we exercised wisdom and went during the day. But Skid Row, it's uh, an area in East L.A., that's known for its homeless population. Now, I was there, I don't like dating myself, <clears throat> because I look much younger. Uh, <laughs> but it was about 15 years ago that, that I was there, and just a month ago I saw Skid Row on the news, and it actually looked worse uh, than I remember. Uh, it just surprised me. But there, there are tents all up and down the street. The sidewalk is covered with them. You, can, you can't really even walk on the sidewalk. Um, people were shooting up drugs in their arm, sharing those needles. Uh, they're uric urinating and defecating right there uh, on the street. It'll literally break your heart. Some of the students were really scared. I didn't know about Skid Row, by the way, when I, when I was going into this place. I didn't know what it was. And once I got there, I went, okay, Holy Spirit, you better come, because <laughs> otherwise, we're not safe. We're not going to make it. If it weren't for the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't have gone in there. I would have turned and run. But with the Holy Spirit guiding us, we can go into the most hopeless, the most distant places and be witnesses for Christ. There is literally nothing that our God can't do. If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen? We don't have to fear evangelism. We don't have to fear missions. The Holy Spirit can give us peace in those situations. It says in Philippians, he will give us peace that surpasses all understanding. And believe me, when you have that peace, you will know it because you'll be going, this don't make no sense. <laughs> Why am I so calm about this? I should be freaking out. So when opportunity presents itself this week, and I believe it will for everyone in this room, we're going to pray that opportunities present themselves and we're going to pray that we recognize those situations. Because when you, when you recognize that this is the moment, that this is the time for you to share the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ, I want you to just take a breath. Everybody breathe in. Everybody breathe out. That helps, doesn't it? In that amount of time, take a breath Take a moment and pray. Pray to God. Thank him for this opportunity that you're about to step into. Pray that the Holy Spirit would come on you in power and give you peace and calmness. Pray that Jesus would give you the grace and the mercy for this person you're about to witness to the same that he gave you when you first fell in love with him. Invite him in to the situation. So in closing, I just want to encourage you to be watching for those opportunities this week. I'm going to close in, in prayer in just a moment, but we are going to pray for those opportunities to arise. Please don't let that frighten you. 
you've been a Christian for any amount of time, you've likely already had some opportunities. But the choice is yours whether you want to invite the Holy Spirit into that moment and to step up and step in. Or to just let it pass you by. And believe me, I've had plenty of missed opportunities. It's going to happen. Hindsight's 2020. Sometimes you're going, you don't even notice it at the time, right? You go through your day, you realize at the end, you're like, that was an opportunity, and I missed it. It's going to happen, okay? I, I pray for forgiveness every time, and I ask God to help me with the next one. It's okay. God forgives you. He forgave me. <laughs> but watch for the opportunities, Pray. That is the most important thing. <laughs> Pray. And then step up and step in. So God, we just thank you again for today. Lord, I just ask that you would present opportunities for each and every one of us to share the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. God, I pray for everyone in this room that the Holy Spirit would give them the power and the calmness and the boldness and the confidence and whatever they need to share the love of God. And God, I pray that we would recognize those opportunities, that they wouldn't just pass us by, but that we would recognize this is the moment. And God, I pray for the wisdom to pray in those moments uh, to invite the Holy Spirit into those moments that he can take over, God. Because it's not us who saves people, it is you. Help us to recognize the atmosphere for life change, God. And I, I just pray that we would come back uh, with praise reports of people coming to know you, perhaps for the very first time, God, that we can celebrate and be part of a family of the church, that we would all be in heaven together one day with you. We just thank you and praise you for those opportunities, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Don't run off if you need prayer. We got plenty of coffee. Like I said, we're not leaving until everyone who needs prayer is prayed for. I, I have all the time in the world for you, and so does our prayer team. Amen? Amen. God bless. Have a great week.